Welcome to this week's edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about a band who are alternative rock icons, like to make a lot of hits, and hopefully we like them. This week we're talking about Food Fighters. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with Jared, John. This is Tyler. And again, we're talking about Foo Fighters. How do we t- feel about talking and listening to Foo Fighters this week? Dave Grohl. They're and the a band. boys. They're a band that wasn't a band, and they were a band. That is true. <laughs> First, they were a solo band. Yeah. And then they were a band band. Yeah. And they have continued to be a band band. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to go? Because I can start. Well, I'll hold off on my comments initially. Why? Well, I, I, I think He's I'd looking pre- right at me. I think I'd prefer. <laughs> He's I looking at the guy in the food fighter. I'll just wait a little bit. If I can just wait. <laughs> He's looking at the guy the in the food fighter shirt. I, uh, He's saying. Hmm, well, I what know. I was potentially going to say, I think I'll wait for it to come into a, a natural chronological place in the conversation how's that okay sure that's how you which will be relatively it. soon okay and jared how did you feel about listening to some old foo fighters i i enjoyed uh, most of it they have really good hits the albums are not the best i thought they would be better like i thought i would enjoy the albums better right but i didn't i didn't historically get into like them that much i liked the the album that came out in 2007, mm-hmm. I liked In Your Honor, and I liked uh, something with the light one. Wasting the, Light. Wasting, wasting light. light. I liked yep. all three oh, of man. those when they came out. But yeah. then the other, like, at the time that they came out, I liked them. Yeah. But I didn't listen to... Like, so you when, liked, like, the mid-2000s to the early 2010s, basically. Yep. That's what I. That's when I listened to that those albums. I, like, I knew all the songs mm-hmm. from prior to that and after that Yeah, that were hits, but... Uh, but yeah, that's my that's my initial take. Initial take. And our guest, John, how did you feel about listening to Foo Fighters? Yeah. Uh, first off, I'm happy to be here. You guys' podcast kick ass. Thanks. I've been enjoying listening to them. Um, appreciate it. So I'm the fanboy of this group. I'm wearing a Foo Fighters shirt. Of course. Um, definitely one of my favorite bands. I listened to all nine studio albums, and half of them I loved, and half of them were okay. Okay. I could see that. Man. So, do you want to clarify which one? Is there like an era of Foo Fighters that you enjoyed, or is it kind of scattered? Kind of scattered. I've kinda got a rankings. Okay, I would I would love to hear a rankings. I I always have a rankings because I always rate these albums each one individually in their own way. So it, it wouldn't be hard for me to rank them, but I don't expect others to rank them in such a way. Um, but I, I definitely feel the same way where they are kind of scattered. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not as good. I only feel like one album I thought was bad, like straight up just no, really? not good. Um, but I think that otherwise, I think... So my my take on Foo Fighters is similar to Jared's in that I think that they are very good at having consistent hits, yep. but they're not good at having consistent albums. Yep. And the problem is, is that it's very formulaic in yep. that... Foo Fighter. This is my 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 major theme of them in general is that Foo Fighters, when they make an album, they know what the hit is going to be. Oh, absolutely. They say, let's focus on these two, three, maybe four, but usually about three songs 
We're going to focus on these, and then we're going to have about nine to ten tracks that are just yeah. kind of here as Often well. four in the later albums, really. Four singles in the later albums most of the time. Yeah. Uh, my th- One thing I noticed listening to them was that sometimes it seems like they have an idea, uh-huh. and then they they use that idea to create an album that's just okay, and then the next album, they use that idea... And it actually sounds pretty good. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> for instance, yes, please. Um, well, it's kind of weird, and here's what here's where my lack of knowledge is, can be uh, bound upon, I suppose. So, I know that, for instance, the initial release uh, is kind of an elongated process, and all of those songs were written uh, while Dave Roll was with Nirvana. Mm-hmm. So that's an okay album, but I think the color and the shape is better. And I think it just expounds upon the ideas in that album. Yeah. That's an example. Also, uh, In Your Honor, a double album where they're like, we're going to have half of this songs be, you know, alternative rock, harder songs, and the other half are going to be lighter acoustic songs. Right. Okay, that's cool. It's too long. Then you come back in, uh, what's, what was the album after Echo, that? Silence, Patience, where, and... Where they're just back and forth over the course of a standard-length album with loud songs, soft songs that are more melodic. And they did a really good... I think that album is a way, way better mm-hmm. than the double where they tried to do all of it as, as almost two separate albums smashing yeah, them together, for I instance. So. I, I, actually, I personally liked In Your Honor better than Echoes, but I could see that point. My only thought was, was that I think that what was important about In Your Honor is that that was a, a final area where they actually made a shift. Because what happened was, was that for four straight albums, it was same old, same old for Foo Fighters. It was not to say that it was bad, not to say that it was great, but it was pretty much them. They had they knew what their sound was, they were doing what they were going to be doing, and then when you got to In Your Honor, you get that on a album, but then you have a whole other album where they're doing something different. So I just feel like just being able to see the shift, I was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> Something, <laughs> something different. Well, there's Thank really you. just two phases of the band when you think about it in that sense, right? Right. The early phase is all, is all alternative, right? And the later phase has more, even though really their acoustic songs are still alternative, as we read, right? In terms of dealing with '90s alternative, that can have various forms. Mm-hmm. Even their acoustic songs are on alternative rock; they're just a lighter alternative rock, right? So they, um, I, I feel as though so one thing that's worth talking about, and this is something that we can go ahead and get into a little bit, is the idea, and I, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on this show specifically, is the idea of post grunge. Mm-hmm. And that whole realm of music that came out of the grunge era, yeah. I don't know that you could really argue that any other band is more post-grunge than Foo Fighters mm-hmm. due to the fact that they literally are Dave Grohl dealing with the post-grunge era. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what you can see with their music is is that early on, especially on their debut, his debut really, is that he's still finding his footing outside of the grunge era. Not entirely sure. Not entirely sure what to do with that sound. And then as you go on, the sound kind of starts to soften up a little bit and become more just kind of general alternative rock. Mm-hmm. And it really is kind of I describe it personally as radio rock and roll. Yep. Is what it kind of comes down to, yeah, and they are kind of the definitive radio rock group. Well, you will always know. You will always know that the song you're listening to is Foo Fighters if yes. it's Foo Fighters, which comes down to the t- the guitar tone, which doesn't change basically ever. Mm-hmm. 
the way the drums sound, which is really airy around the cymbals, relatively crisp on the snare, and yet it's really the cymbals have a very open sound, and the bass blends in with the heavier tone of the guitar and just runs its thing. And of course, Dave Grohl sings the same in every single song. Let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> if you don't get a scream in there, it's not really a Foo Fighters song. The old it? Grohl growl. <laughs> Ooh, alliteration. Thank you, thank you. Caleb, I, make, I think you make a good point when you're talking about like how their albums are more like focused on the hits. Mm-hmm. And when I was listening through the albums and taking notes on them and like what songs I like the most and what songs were actually hits, it reminded me a lot of your Queen episode. Yep. I said the exact same thing to myself. I was like, I definitely feel like this is another Queen week where right. it was very much not necessarily albums. It was much more hits. All right. Here's a question for the table then. Mm-hmm. Which Foo Fighters song was your I'm in love with my car? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to answer because I don't remember the name of any of them. It that might have hits. been. Um, the, there was the one. There was one song that was written by the drummer um, Hawkins. Hawkins, yeah. That could have the theoretically drummer. been drummer number three, really. A, but that was actually a decent song. It was on the second side of "In Your Honor." Is that correct? Yeah, you're talking about um, "In the Sun." Yeah, I got a mm-hmm. note on it. I, yeah, he's on. He sings the song. Yeah, yeah. he wrote it and, sa- and sang yeah. on it. Hawkins did. Where did Taylor they pull Hawkins him from? Yeah, where did Linus set? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was a touring drummer for Alanis Morissette. Yep. Wow. Fitting, really. That is true. I mean, kind of fitting in terms of musical taste, I suppose. Cold Day in the Sun. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that could, I, but that was, a, that was a better song than I'm in yeah. love with my car, for sure. Are you saying uh, a hit that I didn't enjoy, or are you no, saying no, that's just not a no. song? I, I mean, I'm, I'm in love with my car was a song where they're like, we need to fill this album. That's and, kind of, and the more... rest of us want to make songs, which doesn't have to be written by someone else, because really, Dave, Dave Grohl is. Had a pretty strong hold on songwriting. Yeah, all, the entirety of the career. It's it's kind of like a yellow submarine kind of feel, like where you're like, hey, this mm. guy really wants to. He wants to <laughs> contribute something. You're gonna choose Yellow Submarine over Octopus's Garden. I love that song. I I'm love sorry. Octopus. I do Octopus's too. Octopus's Garden is a better song. It is a better song. So let's it is a better get song. out of the way now. I Got don't. A little I don't, for my friends. I don't know that I have. I can't uh, think of anything that my, was love with my car. Other than fighters? other than. I'm going to go ahead and like reveal myself. It's their last album, the Concrete and Gold yeah, album. Not very good, is it? Not good. No. Big thumbs down. Yeah. I would be able to pick a couple songs off of that one, like Dirty Water. Yeah. Not a good song. Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> well, I'll bring it up because we're kind of rounding to it. Yeah. I I find it really interesting, and I don't know what to think about it. That so, of course, it's we started with Dave Grohl when he recorded initially. He he got time in the studio. He recorded all the tracks on his own. Then he's like, well, I guess I got to get some people together, it, which took a, it was a process of determining what he wanted to do and this or that when he decides upon it. Yeah. You know, so he pulls the bassist and drummer from Sunny Day Real Estate. <laughs> right. Like what? <laughs> and they're like, OK, we'll do this. And the only reason that, you know, I mean, the, uh, they, he played bass for a Is he still playing bass? Nate Mandel. Yeah. So Nate's been. Well, he came back and he was gone and then came back and then. uh you know, but the drummer was there up until Dave pissed him off by re-recording all of the drum tracks. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you? And if you, I mean, I'm assuming you've listened to Sunny Day Real Estate, the Diary at least, or part of it. Yeah, Diary listened, is the one I've. Yeah, I went back and listened to some of uh, Diary this week for the sake of having some context, just briefly. And I'm like, I don't really understand how you can you can come from Sunny Day Real Estate and come into Foo Fighters and just be like, well, fine, I guess I can do this. Right. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like big shift. Well, 
it's funny because post grunge is an era where everyone and this is really where it gets difficult with Foo Fighters for me because post grunge is an era of regular bands who are copying grunge sounds and yep. making bad songs. Right. You know, now Foo Fighters made better songs, most definitely, than, than a lot of the other ones. But yeah. in that period is the period when we see indie rock make its rise, right. which is where Sunny Day Real Estate sits, which is where, you know, the Slater Kenny comes in towards the later part of it. Yeah. So we still have a scene in, this, in the Pacific Northwest. There's a scene in North Carolina with Super Chunk and some bands out there. But it's really weird to see that two, two members of what's really like a prominent for their first two releases before they break up indie band being like, we'll just do Foo Fighters Why and not? come yeah. into like a post, a post grunge band. Yeah. That's I th- like, mm. I think at least the way in my mind, I understand that is I take Dave Grohl at his word. When he recorded the debut album, he was just trying to get it all out mm-hmm. as yeah. like a coping mechanism mm-hmm. for sure. And he just was passing out cassettes to friends and he really wasn't trying to like, you know, do anything with it. And then when it got, popularity and interest from labels he kind of had, you know was talking to other people and i bet you nate mandel and william goldsmith as soon as they're like dave grohl and nirvana wants us like he's at least interested right. well there's because like, there's seattle yep let's seattle go guys as well yeah. so i'm yeah. all yours man yeah. yeah like forget sunny day you know Weird. that's i think but they had broken up down. prior to that you yeah. know so they were broken up by the time he talked to him but it's like I don't know. I know that me musically, if I was in Sunny Day Real Estate, and he's like going to be in Foo Fighters, I'm like, well, for for now, I'll do that, sure. But I'm like, I couldn't. I don't think you I wouldn't would think make that it would be a long term. No, because I wouldn't think that the. First off, I would think one that the musical influences and your style wouldn't fit together super well. Even coming from Nirvana, you know, Sunny Day Real Estate and Nirvana wouldn't mesh. You know what I mean? If they were asked to join Nirvana, but then also with the fact that he wants to. You know, he had a lot of control, a lot of control in the early. It still does, but in the early period, especially. I mean, yeah. he wrote every song. If you didn't like the way something sounded, depending on where he was physically in the country, he would just re. As we mentioned, he would just re-record the tracks on his own. Yeah. You know, so I just wouldn't think that those things would mesh. But it, and obviously it did for for Mandel. I mean, he's been there forever. So interesting. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I I've kind of thought about this where like. We've talked about, you know, if Kurt Cobain were still alive, what would, you know, what would have happened with Nirvana and things like that? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, obviously Foo Fighters would probably have never existed. Right. If they stayed, if Nirvana would have stayed together. I don't know. But I don't think, how could, I mean, what would they have done? You know, at, at some point, Dave, obviously with his personality, would have taken more control in I don't think so. No, I think I he think was perfectly so. fine with being second fiddle. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was years and years that he was a third drummer, so. And they had a, I mean, if you, because he was going to ask Chris to come in mm. and play bass, mm-hmm. and he mentioned that that would have been, they would have gotten together well, of course, you know, and they have a, a certain relationship. He's and, played uh, with them a couple times with Foo Fighters. Yeah, and he has. I've seen it, yeah. Also, um, the guitarist, one of the guitarists for the Foo Fighters right now is uh, Pat Smear, who was... Yeah, he, he was the original. He was with Nirvana. Yeah, a touring member. And member-er. he was also in the band The Germs, a, a, a <laughs> yep. punk band in like from 76 to 80 or whatever. He was so. also a Foo Fighters member initially, once he needed an yeah. additional guitarist yeah. as well. And then he, brought him in. he left, and then they got the other guitarist, and then he wanted to come back, yep. and they the guy thought, the other guitarist that was in the band thought that he was going to be replaced and he was like no, no now they have like but yeah, that's the ironic they, part they, too dave yeah. was like 
while you guys both play much differently, one of you, you know, like is rhythm and the other is like, you know, does solos or whatever. Oh, and wow. so they kept and he both played, But Dave also plays. It's yeah. just kind of really weird, too, to think that he, it started as a solo situation. Right. You know, it started as a gorilla situation kind of thing, right? Yes, it did. Uh, and maybe even inspired gorillas in a sense. Oh, oh. Uh, and yet now there's like nine members to this thing. And he's just right. like, whatever, whoever wants to be in it, you just do it. <laughs> you want to be in Foo Fighters? You're, well, let's I'm about to write him. You know, when, cover, Dave, when Dave Grohl was in high school, he wrote uh, a fan letter to Ian MacKay. Oh, really? Fugazi. Yes, he did. Quite interesting. I don't think Ian responded to him because Dave Grohl was from is from Arlington. Oh, okay. By the way, so real quick about Pat Smear, I saw Foo Fighters in 2017, and if Pat Smear wasn't actively playing guitar, he was actively vaping. Right. When you <laughs> saw them at Bourbon and Beyond, was that the case? I, I didn't notice that, but I that would be that would. It was funny That's because funny. you could see how much older he is than everybody else mm-hmm. on the stage. Yeah. He's like 65 or something like that. Oh, he's that. super old, yeah. He's, yeah, you can, he's you way You can old. see it. I was looking at the picture of Foo Fighters, and I was like, what's that old man doing with that? <laughs> like, well, Dave's looking, doesn't fit. Dave's looking old, too, really. i got a question about Not like not not, yeah, not like this guy. No. I've got a question for the U2 then here, because I've never seen Foo Fighters. And when I listen to Foo Fighters, it's, as we've mentioned, it seems like, for me, it gets a little bit boring over time and i don't i like i can't listen to an entire album in sure. a later period because it's just but i feel like all it's of the a, later period almost all of it i can't listen to an entire album what would you consider the later period from in your honor on okay i from 05 on i can't listen to an entire and i think that i just can't do it because there's some parts where i'm like this song is nothing but a chord progression and it's not a particularly interesting one Right, the chord progression, and I'm just not—I just can't do it. That begs the question so. that I have, but I want to hear your question first. So my question record. is: when I listen to it, though, the amount of energy I can see it projecting live would make all of those songs be potentially good in the live setting, even though they're not as good, you know, recorded. So have, have you seen them live, Caleb? No. So the you two have seen them live. So if I mean, I'm interested to hear John a little bit of the experience, I suppose, or what you thought about it in they, that regard. They put on like. They're his like they're kind of like uh, Bruce Springsteen, where they put on really long, um, <clears throat> long performances, um, and it, it is good. I mean, it, it it isn't like it's not boring, and it doesn't feel long. You know, like they put they pack a bunch of songs in. They do a bunch of like uh, kind of interlude kind of stuff and covers and stuff as well. Are they? I when it comes down to it, are they? the same formula as they are on their albums where they focus no. on yeah, the hits. Really. Oh, no. Not at all. No. They so don't like, just play the hits? No, um, no, they don't just play the hits. Okay. So, like, uh, at some point during the show, the drummer, um, Hawkins, will come down and see, sing lead vocals to a Queen song, uh, Under Pressure. Oh. As they've done Ooh. twice now that I've seen. I see where they have been doing. And Dave will play drums. At some point during the night, Dave plays drums. You know, so... Yeah. And then they kind of do all kinds of various things. You think throughout. he does that because people expect him to? Probably. Or he just enjoys doing it. <laughs> yeah. In my yeah. opinion, I've been to roughly 100 concerts in my lifetime. I, you know, I've seen a lot of bands. Jared tried to do that in a and, year once. <laughs> oh, I, I remember, yeah. <laughs> Go on. And I think they're the best live show I've seen. I mean, really? I, I might be biased, but I, I remember vividly the first full hour a song would end, and not a half second would go by. They would go into the next song. And then they finally took a little bit of a break after the first hour, and they played for three and a half hours. And like, I 
physically felt like kind of exhausted at the end of it. I'm like, I don't know how they do this every night. So yeah. like, I remember paying a hundred dollars for the ticket. Wow. And I felt like I got my money's worth. They play for three and a half hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's quite long. That's the, lot, uh, the struts yeah. I think opened up awful. Ugh, just, just ridiculous. <laughs> like bad. But yeah, I felt like I got my money's worth and it was just hard and fast and loud yeah. and they had fun and they just kept you engaged the whole time. And just a kick-ass show. I, I feel like that's what I was feeling. Like that maybe that you know it, this could more easily translate into a live yeah, setting. Yeah, I think the their songs are it. fun, catchy arena rock songs. Yeah, it definitely oh, fits absolutely. in it. It definitely very fits arena. in that. Very yeah. arena, which is right. where that Queen comes in. And yeah, and I saw where rock. they've been. They've had you know they inducted Queen, well you know Dave and one of the other inducted Queen into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have a working relationship with those guys and have played with them a couple of times. Another thing is is that like. With the Foo Fighters show, you kind of never know what to expect either. Like, they could do something. Like, they had that uh, one. Like, it seems like at least once every few weeks when they're on tour, some video on YouTube goes viral because of something that happens at their show. Like, one of the times. You want to talk about the leg? Well, that's one of them where he falls <laughs> off the stage and breaks his leg, and then he, like, comes out and in, like, a throne for the tour. <laughs> he designed, he designed the throne, I know supposedly. he did. Yep. I wanted to go to that tour, but I didn't get to. I, were you at that? Did you go to that one or no? No, I went to the Concrete and Gold tour. Okay. Um, sorry. I went last year, uh, <laughs> and then I went uh, just a few couple weeks ago to uh, a festival, Bourbon and Beyond, um, in Louisville, and they played there. They were headlined a Friday night show. But the one of the videos that you, you'll see is where the guy, his name, he's like a, like a Kiss guy. He comes out in like kiss makeup and he's like a really good guitarist. He got on stage and played with the Foo Fighters. That's one thing. When I was at Bourbon and Beyond, they brought out a little kid and he played guitar for the last song for uh, Everlong. And it was Scott Ian's son. Really? Scott Ian of Anthrax? Of Anthrax. Oh, killer, dude. Like this little kid came out and Dave was like, Oh, aren't you gonna come out and like you know make sure your son's okay? And then out comes Scott. <laughs> Scott <Ian>. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, That's fun. Was <laughs> Anthrax there? No, they weren't. He was just there. <laughs> Scott Ian happened to be there. in the My era. mom's like, my, I, I went to the show with my mom, and she was like, Should I know who that is? And I was like, That's Scott Ian from. Anthrax. <laughs> Should I know who that is? <laughs> she was That's like, great. That's so weird. You know, like I mean, but you don't. Even if you know who Anthrax is, you don't always know who like Scotty Ian is. No, you, you know? should. Well, maybe you haven't thought about Anthrax since the '80s when he had hair, so you might be confused. I Perhaps. Guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, you only remember that's that uh, him being on "I Love the '80s." Yeah, we're on. Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember? <laughs> do you remember that um, supergroup show on VH1? Yeah, where they put him and uh, Jason Bonham and Sebastian. No, was it? Was it Sebastian Bach? I think it was Sebastian Bach and. Uh, and uh, Ted Nugent, and yeah, like here's a super group, and they yeah, all just like, oh, no. you that know, bickered for like, oh my god, half an hour every week for like three months over the course of the season. I remember that yeah. actually, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't hmm. great. Anywho, speaking of YouTube videos, my favorite is the Italian music video where they choreograph a thousand musicians to play Learn to Fly to get Foo Fighters to come to play Italy. No, that's oh, wow. cool. It's it's really awesome. And I'm watching the drummers. I play drums. I'm not very good. But I'm watching them, and, you know, like, if you're playing drums on a song, sometimes it can be interpretive. Like, you do a little, you know, hi-hat thing, a little bit of fill or something. They match perfectly. So this guy that, like, choreographed this, I guarantee you, he's like, you played exactly like this so that it sounds perfect. And... I mean, it gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. It's pretty cool. It's just a thousand people on a field playing Learn to Fly to get wow. them to come to Italy. So, pretty neat. Doesn't that song remind you of Petty? Learn to Fly? He played for Petty. 
I know. On SNL. Yeah. But he well, he, to be in supposedly, the yeah, he was going to join. Yeah. And then, well, he was like, I don't know what to do now in the early career. I also saw, where did I see a rumor this he was going to This would be join. a transition before oh. you move on. Uh-oh. Is Learn to Fly anybody's favorite song? Hold on a minute here. I think The Ghost of Dax just came to me. Oh, never in mind. A okay. fever dream. All right, all right, all right. Oh, all right. my goodness. Hey, I can't uh, believe I had an out-of-body experience. I don't know the, who you're talking about. boo 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 is here. Who are you talking about? I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's been dead for a minute. Oh, he's yeah, dead, right. bud. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it's that. It's time to let him go. He's in the ground. Oh, my God. All right. Play. He died uh, twice. The only, <laughs> the only rock legend to die twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, you want me to play Learn to Fly? Uh, pl- no, play something from nothing. Oh, I don't hear any of them. Play. Play. Into the Great Wide Open by Tom Petty. You think we're going to hear what we heard there in this Petty song? I ain't going to go. I've heard. It ain't going to go. That was a good Foo Fighters song. Thanks for that. Well, you're, you're <laughs> going to have to listen to it again because there's another thing. Oh. <laughs> Eddie waited till he finished high school. Text has been shook. I feel like Dave Grohl just sounds like Tom Petty if he screamed a little bit more. It's like a rusty Tom Petty voice. <laughs> now go back to that song and play the middle of it. Oh no. <laughs> Oh man! Play, you know what to play. Go ahead. Go, play go ahead and announce it. A little bit of Holy Diver. Holy Diver by Dio. Come with a good band, bad band near you. They played that song at uh, Fickle Peach one time when I was drinking a porter, and it felt just right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, "This is fantastic." Who would have ever thought to mash up Tom Petty and Dio? I mean, come yeah. on. Who would have? Who, who knew Ronnie Dio had, the fighters, had a, <laughs> who knew he had a soul voice? There's a good uh, Kill Switch Engage cover of that song, too. Yes, there is. You there are is. Correct. I've heard it. Jer, what was the one it. that I was listening to earlier? I, I feel like if we're going to get these boop, 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 boop. Oh, yeah, there's another boop, 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 boop. I heard this one. I called Jared downstairs. I said, Jared, because I was listening to it, and I heard it, and I was like, I gotta make sure that I'm right about this one. And I started playing it and he's like, Yeah, I got it written down. You heard it in the song? You you came upon it? I came upon it in Seren- serendipitously? I yeah. did I did wow. as well. My goodness. It's My Dear goodness. Rosemary. Thank you. Oh, that's an alright tune. You'll hear it. Oh, Tyler's got that look. What year is this? What year is this song? 2011. Oh, they stole it. Yep, they sure did. Stolen. You recognize it, John? I see what you're about to play, and that's like my favorite band right now. Wonderful. Oh, really? Did you like the new release? Oh, my God. I can't stop listening to it. Really? I haven't listened to it yet. It's that good. It's It's all right. I listened to it on loop. I saw them live at uh, Railbird. A little bit of the Uh, rock and tour. Steady Uh, as she goes. Jack White's beamed.
Have you listened to their new album just once, Caleb? Of course. Listen to it a few more times. A couple more times. The more, more, I swear, the more I listen to it, the more I'm just infatuated with it. I, I've listened to it probably 30 times in the past like month or so. Just really? straight through. I can't stop listening to it. Huh. I, I've always been a big Rack on Tours fan. Then I got to see fair. them on Railbird. And they played like 80% of that album and a bunch of other stuff. And yeah. I'm just in love with it. That's fair. What, did they, what do we have in common? Rack and Tours and... Uh, Dave Grohl-y people. What are you doing? Well, I'm just saying. I'm just asking. What do they have questions? in common? They both have played rock music in the early 2000s and the late 90s. Let's, you know that game you play where you say two things, you have to figure out what connects them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Well, why not? That's, that's why. I don't, I don't All right, I'll connect. just give it to you. Queens the, of the Stone the Age. Oh, Queens of the yeah. Stone uh, Age. The answer is oh. he wins and you lose. It's no longer them the Brothers Crooked, Robinson. The Crooked Vultures. Yep. That does it. And uh, don't tell me the Jack White side project. Uh, dang it. What was the name of it? Yeah, Rockin' Tours and Dead Weather that both have. Dead Weather. Dead Weather. Yep, Thank that, you. He's in both of them. And was I in. you talking about ICP. And was in. And uh, was in. And in fact, I mean, Dave Grohl helped out on Songs for the Deaf. He took a little hiatus, a personal hiatus from Foo Fighters. To, the one by one. Yeah, to help pretty much finish everybody out did. That. They pretty much split yep. up in that whole thing. Yeah, they and did. And he helped out because Joshua Home and him are buds. Yeah. So hmm. I did want to mention Queens of the Stone Age, so I'm glad that that was brought up here. Me too, because I find that the early Foo Fighters are still, it reminds me a lot of Queens, although I like Queens more. I also like Queens more. Uh, but it's kind of a similar feel when you really think about it. Yeah. I, I prefer the Foo Fighters over Queens of the Stone Age. But. Oh, well, let's go ahead and get a little thing and see if we're for, two for two. He's going to like Foo Fighters more. Foo, but I do really like Queens. That's fine. I think I've got, I don't know, eight or nine songs in my... So, like, the way I consume music is I've just got this massive playlist of everything. You yep. know, rap, hip-hop, rock, yep. whatever. You know, a little bit of, like, Tyler Chowder's, like, country. It's just yeah, huge it's playlist. Good. I just put it on shuffle and... Let it rip. Listen to that while I work. I got a buddy who did that, but only with hits. So, if I wanted any of the... If I wanted E6, I knew where to find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Here's one of the big questions that I have. If we can transition a little bit more back into Foo Fighters where we were. Yes. Um, is I mentioned this earlier, and I kind of want to get your guys' take on what exactly is this definitive sound, I guess, is they are – so they're defined as alternative rock, which is just not descriptive enough. And the way that I still feel as though they're easily described as is radio rock and roll. Or arena rock would well, be, be like, arena rock be is like way to put it. That'd be way, that's a better term, I, I think feel. so, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, what about but it's a it, modern arena I don't know, because okay. arena rock is also very broad. They don't sound like Queen. Well, no, on the last two albums, I would consider them hard rock. Which is that's a broad also, term but I also. find that to be difficult too because they don't have it's the layering is is more complex in Foo Fighters than than what you might think from a traditional hard rock album. Yeah, I, I find all, this is where it's this is really difficult. I thought about this earlier and I talked to a, a friend of mine at work about it because I think that that Foo Fighters is like the definitive alternative rock. That sound right there is I agree. alternative rock, and that's yes. what you think of. Even the acoustic, as we mentioned, he brought up to me. Well, how are Foo Fighters that different from Seether? Which I admit I was offended. Oh, I was offended. I was offended. Let me, for the listeners out there, there's a reason that we're covering Foo Fighters and not Seether today. Did it make you seethe? I had to get back. I had to get back to the remedy. (laughs) (laughs) I like. I know this is a dumb thing to say. I like that we're pretty we're pretty intelligent about music. Yeah. We can make fun fun little good. musical references as we're doing our musical podcast. It makes me feel smart. You sure are smart, Mister Tag. I think you're just faking it. 
Uh, hey! <laughs> oh, oh, oh man! So, anywho, he did bring that up to me, and I'm like, "Look, dude. Well, first off, any I f- here's what I told him: as I told him that at least when Foo Fighters rips off from someone, they're ripping off from themselves for their entire career. <laughs> Unlike Seether and a lot of these other alternative rock bands from that era that that come after Foo Fighters." That are just basically ripping off Foo Fighter sounds, but making worse, worse, worse songs. Yeah, that is not that good. And I think that the arena rock makes sense to a degree, but I don't know that the sound in its own. I don't know that the sound of alternative rock translates into arena rock in the way that it just became arena rock. As to say that arena rock, when you think about it, is this sound of like Queen, where you have songs like what queen was doing where they're they're chanty they're very anthemic and they have some we will rock you is the idea where you're like audience interaction you have audience interaction you have everybody getting into it but what actually happened was was that alternative rock became the popular sound of rock and roll music from the late 90s until now really and that's what's on the radio stations that's what is is on the charts and that is Foo Fighters when it comes down to it. And it wouldn't have been defined by that without Foo Fighters, honestly. Yeah, I agree. So my question is for you. Oh, please, yes. Do we have Foo Fighters to blame for such groups as Seether and Puddle of Mud and Stained? No, is it I don't all think so. Foo Fighters' fault? I don't think so. I don't think it's their <laughs> fault. No, I don't think so. That's a good question, though. No, I don't. I don't really even compare them. Honestly, who were they inspired by then? Those yeah, for real. How could like they? listen to the sound? They were inspired. Okay, so I'm not saying that they weren't inspired by, but like you had. Where like, else did it come from? You, I mean, but you have Agreed. like stained. Stained isn't like inspired by Foo Fighters. I don't even think of them as the same thing. You know? But why? Thank there you go. <laughs> You've been waiting for that moment. Oh, well, man. you have a ship. You have you. I mean, <laughs> everything gets gets changed. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's, it's everything weird. gets changed. All of all of alternative rock was born out of grunge, and all of that's true. All that's of this very is, true. And the thing is, is that when it comes, why down can't to, we like blame said, Pearl Jam? Because, because Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam wasn't Jam first. Is grunge. That's true, and they weren't first anyway. And when it comes down you want to, to it, blame Foo Fighters is the it is the transitional period between grunge and alternative yeah, rock. That's very true. What about Smashing Pumpkins? Can we blame them? We can blame them a little, a little bit, bit, I suppose, if you want. A I blame. Little bit. I blame Billy a little bit. How about he's a Billy? He is a Billy. He is a Billy. <laughs> Billy Cur. I mean Corgan. Billy Curry. Billy Kurgan. 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 You can blame Mud Honey. They were the first anyway. Oh, there he comes. Old Old Tyler. Jared sent me one this week. It was an EP that came out. Did you yep. listen to it? I didn't get a chance to. Uh, I'm saving it for a special time. Okay. I'm not just going to listen to it willy-nilly, okay? Listen to it in your masturbatorium. <laughs> I'm going to sit there. Yeah. I'm going to lock myself in my, my in my bathroom <laughs> in my basement and listen to it. Uh, Anyways. Does anybody that, want to play a favorite song? Oh, we could uh, We haven't that. addressed we it. Have I guess we, we have not addressed favorite songs Hold or on. favorite albums. Before we address favorite song, let's state where we're at in the episode. We're going to address this question of, are Foo Fighters the reason... For all of this radio rock, what is radio rock? All these things. We're going to come back to that, but first let's play a favorite track. Who would like to give me a favorite track? Tyler looks like he is already preparing himself for a favorite track. He's not no, shaking I will me soon. off I, as I, though I, I have determine. asked him a question I can he was give not you, expecting. I, can, I, was, I knew you were, I was expecting, but I, I can give you my favorite album if you want. 
instead for the no, sake of we don't care about that that's fine we can wait <laughs> on that. actually no no i want to hear your favorite album and then i want to hear your favorite song off your favorite album which is my favorite song and then the, yeah that's so yeah go ahead but i don't my favorite album is the color and shape naturally so yep that's that away see we weren't so opposing never said you were we aren't so opposing and my i think my favorite song is monkey wrench no no okay hey johnny park that is a really good one that's very close it's between that and i'd like uh up in arms as well because it's kind of it's it's a softer song that builds and comes up into yeah, they that self soft loud dynamic is like their whole thing oh like, that sounds familiar that's, that's did like, we talk about that on the big season episode just briefly before it all got ruined ruined <laughs> <laughs> got full out ruined all right what do you want to play We'll play. We'll play up in arms. But I'd like to get, to, and this is where it's going to get different. I like to get the part where it, where it ends the slow, quiet part and starts the fast, loud part. Pretty good. Could have done a couple seconds earlier, but I don't mind. All right. So the color and the shape uh, is one of two albums from my perspective. I could say that maybe there are others if other people feel differently, but those are the two albums that I think that they divulged the farthest from their formula of focus on the hits. I think that color and the shape and surprisingly, in my opinion, Wasting Light were the two albums that focus the most on having a cohesive full album yep and that's why i think that you are able to pick out a song off of oh, please what, what, what we got here number one number two of my album rankings color Ooh, and shape and wasting go. light Woo! did you look at that it's like you're you reading at, my mind Caleb. it's like i'm reading your mind and your notes at the same time yeah which is you know part of your mind that album drives dude color and shape it just yeah. It drives, yeah. and it, and every song fits right, just right in there. It's, it's a, good. It's a well, it's a well constructed yeah, album. It's, it's good. still, it's still flawed because I will say this, and I, this is probably the week that I felt that I found flaws the most in basically every album, just because I think that it, in its nature, the Foo Fighters sound is just not a sound that usually works for me and is a sound that ends up being inevitably a little flawed, but I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that for me, it just doesn't work as well as other sounds do, but I can see both of those two albums being albums that people would receive very mm -hmm. well. So I yeah. think that it's like that album had three really good hits and I don't think that like any of their other albums had that many, like three, you know, like that many hits on it. Uh, the album two. that had three hits off of it is Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace, because that album had the three obvious hits of The Pretender, Let It Die, and Long Road to Ruin. Yeah. But Long Long Road to Ruin isn't as popular as Monkey Wrench, Everlong, yeah, but why? Hero. Okay. No, 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 because no. So those early, early three Because their early work was the big hits, the big hits, and then their later work had hits... Mm -hmm. But yeah. there were alternative rock hits, but that was born out of the times more than it was born out of Foo Fighters' True. quality also, of music. Also, Monkey Wrench. Good riff. That's a fun riff. Mm -hmm. Pop, most popular because of Guitar Hero, let's be real. Oh, oh for yeah. sure. <laughs> I mean, you can't deny that. You know, for people who... there are people. I mean, there are definitely people who weren't of age when that album came out or shortly thereafter and was who a, know that song because of 
Guitar Hero. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which I have to justify myself every day is an okay reason to like things. It is. That's true. And okay. <laughs> that's, I, why, that's why Dragon Force has a career. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> there, are, there are two ways that I've gotten my music. I've mentioned one of them on this show many, many times, and then another one I'm mentioning now, which is why you're bringing this up, is I've gotten a lot of my musical taste as a kid from Tony Hawk Pro Skater yeah, of course. Well, that's, and Guitar Hero. Now, that one you don't have to feel bad about anyway. <laughs> That's I learned. A, that's a whole I learned a lot about punk. Of course game. you did. You this, yeah, all this of last week, Dragon Force had a new album come out, and at the very last track was the cover of "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine Dion. No, uh, <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> listen, I could have went. I could have went every day. I have left to live without knowing that. <laughs> every day, we played that song in band when I was in middle school, and I hate that song. Oh, I God, hate that, that song. So thanks a lot, Dragon Force. You want, for you want a little bit of fun up. stuff about the Foo Fighters? So before before we, we do fun stuff, really quickly, let's go back to the old question. Yeah. Quit transitioning. I didn't mean to. We, we transitioned multiple times. We, we got to come back to where we were. Um, what is it about Foo Fighters specifically, but just the idea of what is it that like... Okay. So I'll, I'll give the briefest, the briefest, briefest timeline in terms of Foo Fighters is that grunge music was the popular music of the early 90s. We already know this. Post-grunge was kind of the driving force going through the rest of the 90s. And then now, and really up to this point, alternative rock has really been the only kind of rock music that has been able to make any kind of successful turn in kind of a mainstream sense. Foo Fighters really being the big group who have done that. You have... The, uh, the ability to actually sell out a live performance being a group like Foo Fighters, you go to some kind of big you know, festival, and that's the kind of sound you're getting is a seether, a puddle of mud, a Foo Fighters. Yeah. Those are the groups that you're getting. Many but not all, but yes. Many but all, but yeah, yes. Is That's kind of the sound that you're getting on the alternative rock radio stations, and that's really the kind of sound that you're getting on just kind of that, the popular sound of rock music these days. What is that? What is it that you get off of that sound? What are you, what are you hearing from Foo Fighters, and what are you hearing from other acts that are similar musically? It's all the hook. Sense. It's the hook. There I are think popular it's, I think it's the tone of the guitars, which is... Which first off, the distortion is not—it's not a chunky. Mm-hmm. It's very smooth. Yes. There's a—it's heavy, it's fuzzy, but it's not chunky. Which means you can just play a bunch of stuff. You can have bass all laid into it. You can layer things into it, and it's all just going to do its thing. I think that pushes forward a lot of energy that people who like rock music like, and that people can who like rock music can even people who, you know, I mean, people who are older when Foo Fighters came in, people who grew up with classic rock music can still find something in that and then on top of that you have the, it's all hooky it's all very hooky very hooky so john i think it makes a lot of good points i think a lot of music nowadays unfortunately is copycat um and i you know i think you can probably lump the foo fighters into that um the foo fighters have won multiple grammys yes and Worth a lot mentioning. of acts see that and they're like okay how do we replicate that success i think even foo fighters have seen their own success and said how can we replicate that yeah absolutely yes. yeah that's the point it's not always an easy thing to do it's yeah money. i think that when it comes down to it in a lot of ways you see an album where they say well let's look at what we've done on previous albums and let's see what we did to make that work and let's do it again because mm-hmm. i 
I, and I don't, I'm not faulting this on them at all, but they're making a lot of money off of the hits oh, that yeah, they're putting out. They are, man. Why would you not want to keep you putting out are. hits? Yeah. So, of course, on their albums, they're releasing big hits. They're releasing songs that are going to work, and it's working. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. They've yeah. won They've won 10 total Grammys. 10? Four yeah. for best rock album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know how well, good the Grammys are. But, I mean, we've, we've <laughs> yeah. list, we listened to all of these albums, and yeah. we're coming into this podcast saying, you know, like, we're not... They weren't great albums. They had right. good songs yeah. on. Right. My yeah. favorite yes. album they didn't win the Grammy. What? What? The Color and the Shape. Didn't so, the real quick trivia question for you guys about the Grammys. The Color and the Shape was nominated for Best Rock Album of 1998. It lost to John Fogarty. <laughs> that was bookended 1997 into 1999. Who won both of those Best Rock Albums? Ooh. Ooh it was 97 the same person, and 99. Right? Same person won Best Rock All right. Album of what the about- Grammys. Is it? Can, what about hints? Can I ask you one question? Sure. Was it a classic rock artist or a no, modern rock artist? Modern. Okay. Was it Beck? Nope. No, that's too. People didn't recognize how good he was until he started taking you awards from Beyonce. Um, you got one, Caleb. I'm thinking it's going to take me a minute, so go ahead. If I you guarantee, want it's to. not who you're thinking of. Smash Mouth. Nope. Here's a hint. It is a previous good band, bad band artist. Oh, man. Is it Smashing Pumpkins? Mm-mm. No, because they wouldn't previous? have had a 97 and 99 release. They would it have been Sugar Ray? That would have been ridiculous if it was. We're, we're too far deep. Let's, let's hear it. Sheryl Crow. Really? Oh, oh, my. For rock Sheryl album? Crow run rock album? 97 and 99. Wow. Oh, my. What a... What a Look at him coming in with this stuff. I can't Blown believe away. it. Blown away. Um, I'm resigning from music. <laughs> <laughs> just like the so Gra- just like the Grammys, giving it to the one person that didn't deserve it. So is Sheryl Crow. She yeah. said her her most recent album will be her last. Oh no! Who will win Best Rock Album now? <laughs> That's fair. It's a good point. Oh man. Good point. She's too busy counting, well, counting Cheryl Crows. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You got uh, silly bits. So before your silly bits, give me your well, favorite track. I'm no. I'm gonna save on for last. No, so you're not. Go ahead. Do please. I don't want. I want to do it last because I want to know. I want. You want it to be the you final track. I want mine to be the, you not the final one, but the last one that we say. Why? Because I I don't know which one's my favorite until everybody says. Oh this. my god! No, right. come on. All no, right, no. John. What you right. got? What you got? Favorite. You're gonna track? make. I'm gonna share my favorite guess. track, and I'm also gonna share my ranking of albums because I think please Caleb do. was was interested in that. Okay, yeah. favorite track, Monkey Wrench. Fair. Uh, album ranking worst to first, absolute worst. There's nothing left to lose. Then concrete and gold, one by one. Echo, silence, patient and grace. Sonic highways in your honor. The Foo Fighters, wasting light and number one color in the shape. So number, did you say number three was Foo Fighters? Yes. Okay, interesting. And you said the worst one is there's nothing left to lose. Yep. All right. Good to know. Good to know. I, I like that ranking. That's an interesting yeah, ranking. What did you say was two? Uh, wasting light yeah my That's ranking right. i knew that we, we talked about that earlier dumb worst album concrete and gold then one by one then sonic highways then there's nothing left to lose then foo fighters then in your honor did i say yeah i did in your honor wasting light color and shape so we have the we're same not far off no, we're, <laughs> we're not. pretty yeah. not close we're really not. We're not i'm not i'm i'm similar are you? What's your favorite album? I can't. My color favorite album shape. was Color and Shape. Yeah. But I think a number two would be Wasting Light was good. It'd be that one, or it would be um, What Came After In Your Honor. Now I can't remember. Uh, Wasting Light. 
No. What came after In Your it Honor? Was, uh, oh, Echo Silence. Yeah, I like that one a lot. So that would be a close three between those two. Did I even say Echo Silence and Grace in my yeah, list? Yeah, I think so. You had them like I hope so. fifth or something. Yeah. They, they were, yeah, they were yeah. after, they're better than the debut. Yeah, and I then think. I, I my de- the debut I think would be four for me. I can name my top four. I, okay. I like the debut I because I appreciate where like, it came the from. effort. He, yeah, yeah. Like, he recorded that in two weeks. Yeah, and well, he I, did all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. 100%. I think I like it because it sounds like a worse monkey, a worse uh, monkey wrench, a worse color in the shape. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. So uh, and fun fact. All right. Well, we'll play his song. We'll get into it afterwards. Cool. Sounds good. Monkey wrench. It is. That's funny because I think both of you were off on that coming in after that little. I was thinking about that. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows where the rhythm comes in, but it's coming in somewhere. Yeah, well, studies show that people can't hit. You know, people have less rhythm than they think they do. Anyway, I have uh, rhythm, and I play drums. So, well, well, you're probably you. You know, whatever. There's no rhythm to that come in though. It's it's it's, it's, it's well, it fits it's in the rhythm a little bit. Well, okay, agreed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> say, say your thing, Tyler. Um, yeah, please do. So. Uh, oh, I was thinking of when I was reading um, one by one. You know, they totally re-recorded yeah. like that entire thing. That whole mm-hmm. album is just a mess. That I mean, they were like borderline broken up during that thing. Yeah, supposedly it was really not messy. great. So then they came back and recorded, and, and oh, the entirety of the original recordings have never been released. Which is, huh? Yeah. So the original recording, I guess, there's been a couple of leaked tracks, but outside of that, the entirety of the original one by one recordings have not been released. One thing I really liked about that album, and it was a small thing because it was one song and that was it, which was one? they did a cover of Danny Says by the Ramones. Yep. Which the was, extended version of that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, yeah, because that's what's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't listened to that before. And when it came on, I'm like, what's this? <laughs> I know this song. They did a Joe Walsh cover on that too. They did. Yeah. They did. I'm a big, I'm a Ramones person. So yeah. I was like, oh. that's a Joey Ramone original, by the way, because Ramones are known for covers better versions of covers in my opinion the but. interesting thing about one by one to me is is that that album specifically has the same formula of have a couple hits that we focus on and then the rest of the album it is what it is sure but the problem with that album is is that it's so fucking it's really it long. Is long i will Too say much. that's why that barry danny says that it's not a hit on there is disenchanted lullaby yeah so Anybody that's out there listening, if you haven't listened to one by one, you're not missing much. But <laughs> go back to, to that one. Listen to Disenchanted Lullaby, and he does an acoustic version on an imported release that also has a Prince cover of Darling Nikki. Ooh, which is pretty good. They like covers. It's they do a lot of covers. Yeah, they've done I know Baker live Street. they do a lot of covers, which is good. interesting. Yeah, yeah. They do. But I didn't know on on albums. Which I don't have. Some people have issues with that. I don't have issues. With. I especially wish, don't have I wish issues. Taylor with Hawkins live. got a chance to sing more. He really does have a good voice. I really wish that they all, and I don't know what the dynamic is like today, but I would, it would be interesting to see if they all had a little more creative emphasis yeah. outside of it, this It day. seems like it's about 75% Grohl, yeah. 10 to 15% Hawkins, and then the rest is yeah. the other guys. Yeah. I wish that they would, you know, that'd be interesting. But so be it. 
So be it. What what can you call a band if they if everyone puts everything in? Jeez. There's only one person that fights foods, and it's Dave. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, Jared wants to play his favorite track last. So I'm gonna go ahead and play mine. I thought about it. You're gonna, you're and gonna I, appease him like that. And I, yeah, I am. I'll, I'll let him have his. I'll let him have his way. But it's he okay a because list of favorite tracks over here. I know I'm, how he works. Huh? I know how Jared works. I've listened to every podcast. He has a, a list, list of two to three favorite one, right? tracks, <laughs> and he doesn't want to repeat what someone else has said. Yep, that's true. And he, it's always the hits, man. God, yeah, be more original, Jared. Well, but this time might be different. Here's the thing. Oh, no, it's not. Oh. Jared, okay, oh. I'm going to go ahead and call him out a little bit. Is that like like about an hour and a half before everybody showed up to record, he was listening to all the hits? Oh, no. And I was like, oh, I know what's coming. You cramming? No, did you cramming? Did no, you listen? I had already listened. I, I wanted to listen again. I've listened, like, so at the end, when you listen on Spotify, you listen to an album. And then sure. after the album's over, it goes into, like, hey, yeah. if you like this Similar album. Similar music. Yeah, yeah, right. And then it plays mm-hmm. whatever it is, like Learn to Fly or Everlong or whatever. And I just let it keep going because why can't did, I want to listen well, to that's, that's funny. Well, did you listen to Greatest Hits? To The Greatest Hits? I did not. Oh, that's a shame. I was hoping I someone a, might have. I liked Rope, though. That was not on an album. Wheels. No. Well, that's why. Oh, Rope, Rope, Wheels. Rope was on an album. Wheels was I'm not. I'm talking about Wheels. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah Wheels. And they had one more that was during that recording session that they released in the greatest hits. And I can't remember what it was titled now. They had that mm-hmm. session after. <laughs> I can't remember the name. It's one with four words. Echoes. Yes. Sorry. After Echoes, uh, in the meantime, in, the, in, in between, they recorded an album that they're just like, nah. But they've released Wheels was one of them, and they released another one that both went directly to Wheels greatest was right. hits. Wheels was pretty good. Go ahead. I, have, I didn't your, hear it. I just wondered. So sorry, sorry to interrupt. No problem. That's what this show is all about. I was surprised at how much I liked In Your Honor, but that was an album in which I first started to kind of be dis- like dis- discover Foo Fighters, and I'm going to appease myself a little bit with this track. Is that I love the hit. I love the hit. He loves I, the hit. I, I rarely am the hit guy, but I will tell you that Best of You is the best song off that oh. album. I think it's the <laughs> no, best song. No. And we're going to play this song. And I'm appeasing myself, I'm might I say fool. now. I'm appeasing myself. Everyone's got their chains to break. Holding you. Were you born to I thought it sounded loud. I thought it sounded a little loud when I turned it up. I'm like, this isn't quite right. You're not gonna let it play out, huh? Here, I know what you did. You know, let's just could you could you turn it up just for real quick? It's still there. That's weird. It's still going. Huh? Turn, go ahead and turn it back down. That's fine. That's fine. Actually, could you turn it back up one more time? I'm thinking that if if I'm assuming that this is an hour long pl- or maybe a twelve hour, that you just leave it and at the end of the episode. I'll turn it back up if it's still on there. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you. No, I'll give you a dollar. It's only. It's, it's only the four minutes. Oh man! <laughs> can you put? Can you turn up one more time? Oh, more more bits. More bits. They added drums. The drums are getting at it. <laughs> okay, I'm done. So, is that really your favorite song? Yeah, actually, That's it funny. is a really, really good song. That's funny because it's my favorite Foo Fighter song to make fun of. Oh, is it? Oh, absolutely. I make I, fun of it. I, I make, saw. I make article. fun of it mostly to myself. But I, I saw an article this week. Uh, it was like one of those uh, fake. Um, you know, like a parody 
news article things, and it was said, Dave, you don't have to like say this every time you go to confessional. I saw that too. <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> I've got That's another <laughs> confession to make. I do like to sing that song as if I'm Scott Stapp. That's how I like to make fun Ooh, of it. As you should. So another post for, run for all you who people. will eventually be a good band bad band alum yeah i'm thinking the day we do it uh i'll wear my leather pants read it's Clearwater revival that's it, oh, yep. that's it. Oh, did Don't you just tell the listener he just thought of it he Dude, just thought since of it. i've been no, listening to your podcast you've been waiting for when that a one? song comes on you know what i do the first thing i he see the artist it. and i'm like what would be a good band bad band <laughs> and then i text jared you know what would be a good band bad band this bloodhound james gang there that'd be go. a good one you know what else Cold War, New Kids on the Block. That's That'd good. Be another I like that. Like, I just keep texting Jared ideas. I like that you're out there doing it because my brain hurts. I'm sick of doing <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't want someone else to... Okay, back on track. Jared, let's hear it. What you got? Okay, so I got a few things. Um, Please do. They, have you... Have, uh, there's a feud going on but right now between the Foo Fighters and Oasis. Really? Have you heard uh, about this? No. So, you know what I heard? Go ahead. I heard Blur's better. Ooh, oh, okay. here he comes. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, the Foo Fighters came out on stage and they were like, hey, we're going to like, we're going to get the, the Oasis back together. We're gonna the, get, Oasis? the Oasis? Is that what they're called? Yeah. The we're, Oasis. We're going we're gonna to get the band back together. We're going to get the brothers. <laughs> we're getting the, ba- <laughs> the Gallagher's are coming. The Gallagher's. Liam and Noel. And then Oasis were like, you know, trying to, so they, oh, Foo Fighters. It wasn't Oasis. It was to Noel Gallagher or Liam, which yeah. one? Uh, it's the one with the flying whatever. Whichever. It's Noel asshole. Gallagher yeah. and the flying yeah. something. Yeah. Um, Noel. Noel. You got it. Noel Gallagher. Noel. Now. But. It's Noel. So Nail. Nail, Nail Gallagher. Foo Fighter said Nail they were going to. The Foo, Foo <laughs> Fighter said they were going to make a, a petition to get Oasis back. I'm sad. And Noel said, I'm going to make a petition to break the Foo Fighters up. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> you got you get one. That's Oasis. pretty good. Now hold on, are, are Foo Fighters gonna actually like live up to the this? Yeah, if Oasis gets the if they get the they get uh, the signatures. Yeah, if you get the signatures and they come back, will Foo Fighters call it Quince? I don't know. Is I it is it an ultimatum? <laughs> I think that all in all, if it all goes down and people are disappointed, Damon Auburn will come in. <laughs> I hope so. And he will he will clearly give the people what they want. And I think that if Oasis wins, and I think they they got the best, the best, the best of them. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that the best, the best, the best, the best of Oasis, that album that you can buy, is just full of Blur songs. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're coming at it. We're coming at it hard. Don't, don't look back in anger, Tyler. <laughs> Please go on. Um, mm. You got your oh, silly bit. Also... Did you guys see the thing about how the Foo Fighters brought out Rick Astley to sing? The oh yeah, they, they Rick rolled they the Rick crowd. Rolled, yeah. yeah, but did like, you see what the crowd was? Times. Did you see that they did that from the back of a pickup to protest the Westboro Baptist Church? Yep, because <laughs> nice. the Westboro well, Baptist they, they Church just, was they did it just protesting a their gigs. They were right. Yeah. They were protesting. That and is then so they counter protested by Rick rolling them from the back of a pickup. Yeah. How great they, is they that? They did it just a couple uh, weeks ago. I think at like a Reading Festival or something mm-hmm. in wow. the UK mm-hmm. as well. They brought out Rick Astley again. So well, they've had like a couple times where they brought out Rick Astley. Also, Dave Grohl played drums on the album. Uh, the 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 band Ghost put out the heavy metal uh, group. Wait, Ghost. are you talking about Ghost that no one knows who it is? Yeah, 
he was speaking of heavy he, metal. He, he can't like they don't know who any of the yeah, members are yeah. other than now like they've had all these lawsuits with uh, oh, that's lame. Papa Emeratus is the lead singer. That's Papa the, Papa who Papa Emeratus. Emeratus. Oh, okay, so not, not Papa Roach. No. Here's I a, was going to ask. What about I, Kobe Dick? I was Kobe Dick, Dick was in the Papa Dick. Roach. You got me. You got I'm me. I'm thinking of uh, Dave Grohl metal band Probots. Ooh. Did you listen? I did. Who I, I listened to the top five? What is it? Probots. He had it's. All right, I saw it described as like a death metal type yeah. situation which the it's not it's not it's more just like a uh fuzzy and or heavy metal grunge. but they do have they do speak of devilish things occasionally in their lyricism i listened to the top five on spotify he had a, he i don't know who all's involved but it was a side project that he did they only have one album and it's called probots metal and at one point when they were performing with members of queen during a couple of those things, someone they also performed one of those songs with a special guest. I can't. I wish I had more information, but I don't remember what I read because I read too much stuff. That's okay. You you did your. But research. it was quite interesting. But Probots, give it a little, give it a little go. See what you think of it. it was really. Yeah, I found it to be pretty okay. So so when I Foo went, Fighter Metal. When I went the last weekend to this uh, Bourbon and Beyond Music Festival, so the Foo Fighters played on Friday night. The next day. The band Squeeze, who has the song um, um, Tempted, Tempted by the Fruit of, you know that one? Mm -hmm. Um, So they played the next day, and then at the last song, they switched drummers, and Dave played drums with the band Squeeze. For what song? He just stuck around. Um, I don't even, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. That's the best when they just stick around. The best, the best, the best, best, the best. Dave Grohl sticking around to play drums for Squeeze. One time I saw Tommy Ramone perform with his wife in a band called Uncle Monk and my hometown at the Folk Festival. And yeah. he stayed around all weekend. Wow. I didn't say anything to him because I was way too nervous. I saw him sitting eating food on the steps by himself, and I'm like, this is the perfect time. <laughs> but I was like, no, he'll just be like, shut the hell up and go away. I, right, think, so it was, I, I think it was the song Black Coffee in Bed, but I, I couldn't mm, be wrong that, that he mm. performed. But. Jared, I want your favorite track. Yeah, first. I do too, Jared. You've just all been right. beating on the bush. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say my favorite. Like, I like all the hits. Okay, we know. I, and I have a question. No, we already. He has to like preface all this. He can't I just know, give a straight answer. I know. You make a great politician. You know that. I, I know that I've been uh, waiting ever long to tell you. Uh, <laughs> but I know. My, my favorite song is Long Road to Ruin. Oh, hey. you Do you like their music video? I love suck. that video. That funny? You know who's in it is Rashida Jones uh-huh, yeah. from The Office. You know who Jones Rashida Jones? Dang, I was about to ask. Dude, you what, and what, I share the same Quincy brain. Jones. What, what Her dad is oh, Quincy Jones. Goodness. Do you know what he done? What did he done? He did something. He was Michael an arranger, Jackson. you know. He arranged musical. Uh-huh. And he arranged some soul funk music in the 70s, of which we know now as the Austin Powers theme song. Oh, my goodness. So take that. Her mother, by the way, was on Twin Peaks. Oh, my. She played so was Karel Struken from uh, The Addams Family. Striken. Striken? I don't know. It could oh, be. <laughs> There's a U and a Y in there, isn't there? Striken. 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 So before Way before go, we have anything else to say, I have a question really quick. Yeah. Really quick. Tyler, you don't have to answer this question because you already answered it sufficiently. 
Ooh, look at me. I didn't even know. John, I think you were good, too. That's like skipping a grade. I was going to say, <laughs> it kind of is. Kinda I, feel is. I feel really good about that one. Yeah, good. Um, so we could highlight the fact, because we've talked about this, Foo Fighters are hit machines. They have many, many hits in the realm of songs like Everlong, The Pretender, Best of You, Learn to Fly, All My Life, Everlong, Acoustic Version. I'm just moving off of the top Spotify track. What if all their hits were just Everlong, various versions? That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. But I want to ask, does anybody have a non-hit that they would like to highlight really quickly before we start closing oh, out? Disenchanted okay. Lullaby. You, yeah, you mentioned you yours. Mention you mentioned yours. Yep. Yeah, so you mentioned yours. I'm gonna have to. Tyler, you're, you're you mentioned your song is not a hit, so your it's not track a hit. Is not that's hit. true. Jared, do you have a track that was no. a non-hit that you would like to highlight? Or mine is the track "Weenie Beanie" off of <laughs> off of the self-titled debut album. I really enjoyed "Weenie Beanie." I don't know why. You want to give it a little go? Sure. Why not? Got the most like Nirvana post grunge vibe off I of that feel, one, you know. I just feel like the earlier albums are more interesting. I get that. Like yeah, there's fair. more. It's not just like we're gonna start with a heavy fuzz chord progression and we're gonna layer it with a little bitty bits of bits. It's more like riff based, you know. Yeah. It feels more like indie in that sense to me. Sure, I get that. Jared, you got one. Um. So like the non hits, I I like a lot of the songs because since John and I have both seen them, so like right my. Like, even though they weren't hits, I really liked a lot of the songs because I've seen them live. Sure. Like, like the song Walk is really good. Well, and the Walk I've, is kind of a hit. A hit. Yeah. Is, that a and, is that a cover? Um, These Days no, is really good. <laughs> oh, that should have been a cover. <laughs> These Days <laughs> is really good, too. These Days is not really a hit. It's <laughs> but they play, hit, the, but like, play it live, but it's like, I mean, it's yeah. I like it because I've seen yeah. it live. Yeah. Um, I want you to play the song Generator. Generator, Ooh. because it it features, I think it features I something that I really like that Bon Jovi made popular. Hit and or also not? Aerosmith. Hit or not hit? I, it was released Generator's as a, hit, it was yeah. a single though, wasn't it? Wasn't it released as a single. It from has that a music album? video, I believe. Does it? Okay, Let I'm it not saying that it has to yeah. be. I just believe it was released as a single for that. I can't remember. It might, okay. not, it might not have a music video. I could be wrong. Well, who knows? What album is Generator off of? Oh dang it! It's off of. Uh, Oh, I just saw it. There's nothing left to lose. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I have a, I have a couple other tracks I'd like you to perhaps highlight. I think you mean Joe Walsh made it popular. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a talk box. I, I love, love talk box. box. They're very it's, cool, aren't they? It's awesome. It's just a mouth wall. I know. It's wow. great. I saw, wow. actually, at Bourbon and Beyond, I saw the um, the Flaming Lips, and they have a talk box. Oh, they wow. Played, Do they really? They played a Dude, talk box. Oh, man. For a long guy, time, The guy I that played the one. keyboard mm-hmm. played, he did the talk box. Man, On that, the keys? It was crazy. That's cool. It was awesome. I wanted one for a long time I would when give, I was playing guitar. I'll put, I mean, you can put some money in there. We'll get a talk box. I used to do it. intro to 
Here's a little here's a little uh, talk box hack. I used to do this on my phone. It made my ex really mad. I would just play a song when the only speaker on your phone was on the bottom and put up to my mouth and just go, <laughs> and it would do the same thing. I loved it. That's funny. All right. Play play the last song oh on, on Concrete and Gold. Oh tell me, don't. See, just Jared's going to be Tell me. Just tell me. <laughs> That's the Foo Fighters fan saying, yeah. don't do yeah. it. Tell me what you think it reminds you of. Because it reminded me of something. And it's a former uh, record roundtable band. I'm not getting anything from that, Jared. Oh, the cave. It reminded me of the of Pink Floyd. Oh, no, I'm gonna, it, well, like I'm the, gonna, that. Okay. It reminded me a lot of Pink Floyd. You Caleb, don't think so? Reminded me of want to take a nap. No. Oh, concrete and gold was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Here's, it was okay, bad. so here's the thing about Concrete and Gold. Really quickly, I'll make it real quick because you know, be quick and stuff. I feel as though the cool thing about Concrete and Gold is that they were finally trying to do something different with themselves genre-wise. They were trying to do something that was musically different, but they didn't have any goddamn idea of what they were doing. There were two things that they were not able to balance. They wanted to make an album that was different and an album that was going to be good. And they wanted to make an album that was different. <laughs> so, that was good. They, they so think, they accomplished one of their they two goals. They think it's good yeah. though because they played some like a uh, decent amount of those songs. That live. doesn't make no. That doesn't matter. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying. I mean, like they, they don't think it's just them trying to promote. They don't it. think like, it. Yeah, you don't think I it's good because you played it. Was the Concrete and Gold tour? They just want to play. And it I think long. they played four or five. Yeah. Although I will say, like he even made a point. He's like, we're gonna play a song from every album that we have, and like they just played a shitload of songs. Like. Well, three I feel like I got the, the most bang for my buck from that oh, concert, yeah. for sure. So did you have one that was not a hit that you wanted to highlight? Uh, do you I have one, did. too? Yeah, I already did. Yeah. Good, did you have one? Lullaby. Yeah, I said mine. Did you play it? Did me, you me, want me. to? That's right. We did. Yeah. That was a good did, one. Did you I wouldn't one? mind. No, because he said mine was sufficient. But if he wanted to play, Danny says, just because, I wouldn't be upset. But that's up to you. You might have to search for that one. That's, that's like on one. Version. It's on one by one, but on yeah. Spotify, you should be able to find it. Sounds like Pretty Woman. Danny says we gotta go. Gotta go to Idaho. But we can't go surfing cause it's 20 below. Sound checks at 502. Record stores and interviews. Oh, but I. That's Chris, Chris Shiflet on lead vocals. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. That's, I think that's the only song he sings in Foo Fighters, period. Huh. That's a fun song. That's he, a Joey Ramone. Think about that. You wouldn't have thought that would be a Ramones. No. But, mm, yeah. It's one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, Chris Shiflet, the um, rhythm guitarist, I would, I guess he is. One of the 19 members. <laughs> right, Foo Fighters, yeah. Weird. He's done some side projects, like he, you know, he's got some like country albums. He has a podcast um, where like he features country artists. Why are you bringing? Uh, nobody listens to podcasts. No, <laughs> this isn't one. <laughs> this is a an experience, man. Experience. It's a roundcast. No, roundcast. Mm. Record roundcast. Jared, you got one more, a little bit. 
So the song, you don't have to play this. <laughs> I got a little bit. I got this. Okay. I'm gonna go all night. Oh, no, no, I got two other things that I want to say. So this, you don't have to play this one, but it's like a reference to a thing. Please. The song "Friend of a Friend" that is uh-huh. on uh, "In Your Honor" yep. on the second side. Yep. It was written in 1990. Yep. And he recorded it in secret, and it was about Kurt Cobain and hmm. Chris uh, as like, you know, a, a kind of an homage and what he first thought of them. Um, yeah. And then. And what does he think? He thought he liked him. He, he, he was friends with him, obviously. It's <laughs> actually one of the good, the really good tracks off the second side of it. Yeah, I listen, it was good. I read he was very intimidated by Kurt's songwriting abilities, hmm. Interesting. which is why he held most of his songs back. Not out of, it's not out of future. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, except that that's, uh, <laughs> you know, Ringo was not the best songwriter. He was an artist though. He oh, paints. He sure he is. <laughs> you can find it. Hold on. Peace and love. <laughs> peace and love. Jerry, My paintings are for sale on Etsy. Um, Foo Fighters are featured on a Weird Al alternative polka. Did you know that? I did not. Did you know that? I didn't because it must be a newer one. I haven't. No, I haven't. no, it's an old one. It's from it's from uh, Running with Scissors, I believe. But it was a song that I'd never heard of the Foo Fighters. Oh uh, well, that must be why. That's then. why. But because I know that entire. You know, I know the whole Running with Scissors. We song. also we real. All know you from. <laughs> One other thing, I have one other thing. An alum of good, a good band, bad band alum from Green A Day to Remember, Mr. Glenn Campbell did a version of Times Like These on his album. Play, play a little bit of that, Times Like These by Glenn Campbell, and then I'll be done talking. It's really good. I'm a road that drives away and follows you back home. Street light shining. I'm a wildlife blinding bright, burning all cold alone. I tell you what I find funny about Glenn Campbell is that nothing says, you know, rodeo, glam star cowboy like a synthesizer. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got one final question. Not final thoughts. This is a final question. We've talked about Nirvana. We've talked about just the general situation of Nirvana. Do you think, yes or no, that's it. That's all I want is a yes or no. Do you think that Dave Grohl has stepped out of the shadow of the drums from Foo Fighters? Do you think that Dave Grohl is more well-known by Foo Fighters than his work in Nirvana? Do you think he's more known as Nirvana, or do you think it doesn't matter? I think yes, but I think that's a question of age. Because mm-hmm. I think I think people who are younger, who are, know Nirvana in a different way, mm-hmm. think that Dave Grohl is larger in Foo Fighters, and probably found Dave Grohl in Foo Fighters be, to begin with, yep. and probably didn't figure out that Dave Grohl was in Nirvana mm-hmm. until later yeah, on. Right. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That. I've talked yeah. to a lot of people in their twenties that just don't know a lot about music, but they know Foo Fighters and then Dave Grohl, and they're like, did you know he was the drummer for Nirvana? Oh, my God, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. if they don't know much about music, maybe yeah. they should be listening to Record Round. And I'd be yeah. like, well, he wasn't the drummer. <laughs> he didn't drum on Bleach, buddy, so watch out. <laughs> I think Francis Bean only knows him from Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I, so my take really quickly is I don't, I don't know that it matters. I don't think that, like... 
Like, I don't know that he has to step out from any shadow. He's He is both of those things. He, no. he can both be the drummer of Nirvana and be the lead singer sure. of Foo Fighters. And I think that he can personify both of those acts and it can be who he is as a person. I, th- I think inevitably he will be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for both Foo Fighters and Nirvana. Yeah. And like justifiably so sure both yes i agree yeah i, I would agree. agree too and i think i agree i think it I, i'm agreeing with you it doesn't i don't think it matters and i think it doesn't matter for a couple of reasons one is that the differences in in the type of music and the sound yeah make them very a, they're different. different they're different mm-hmm. projects and in one in nirvana because we know that his you know he didn't write you know, it, just like everyone else, he come. You know, the drum parts were him, of course, but he didn't write the music. You know, he's he's more renowned for his ability as a drummer, right? As compared to his overall, you know, songwriting ability and ability as as a musician, an encompassing musician, which is now what he has shown in Foo Fighters. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. Any closing thoughts on Foo Fighters? I'm glad we had this conversation, John. Really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. This was this was a lot of fun. It was really interesting because I got to view the podcast in person, but yeah. also be a part of it. So it was really cool. We really appreciate you being here. So any anybody have anything last they want to say about Foo Fighters? I think we've got a lot of thoughts out. I just think you better close on Everlong. Go see them live. That's what you that, they played that song. If you see them so, live, I so think I might appreciate. I them saw them live with uh, as I stated previously, and um, they played. We were like. I wonder what they're going to play last, and then <laughs> here it is. So. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Record Roundtable. We've been listening to Foo Fighters, talking about Foo Fighters, and next week we're going to be talking about the Menzingers. If you've never heard of the Menzingers, maybe you should listen to next week's edition of Record Roundtable, because then you're going to listen to the Menzingers. Have a good week. Bye.